This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group, with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast on Thursday, July the 14th. Hope you're okay as the hot weather continues. We've got details on how it's affecting some events in Kent coming up shortly. But first today, water is slowly returning to thousands of homes and businesses on the Isle of Sheppey following two days without supplies. Bursts on the main pipe supplying the island have been the cause of the problem. Southern Water have been working around the clock to fix the problem and yesterday firefighters were drafted in to pump water over the Sheppey Crossing to fill up the island's reservoirs. Well, reporter John Nurden watched on as that tried to happen. Here I am at the foot of the Sheppey Crossing and in the background uh, a little encampment from uh, Kent Fire Rescue Service. They've got a fire engine, two support vehicles and one of Britain's most powerful pumps. Uh, There's only one in Kent and about 15 I think in the total UK and this can uh, pump 7,000 litres of water a minute and the idea is that they're going to pump water from a fire hydrant across the Sheppey crossing to uh, Cowstead Corner where uh, I'm not quite sure what's going to happen but uh, somehow or another it's going to be directed to fill the uh, two water reservoirs on on the island. Traffic of course has been horrendous. They had to close the uh, the Sheppey crossing for a while when they were laying the hose pipe and then they started pumping from what I can gather they they certainly had a test a test of it and then they've had to stop because uh, there was so much congestion with the traffic spreading right across Kent. Uh, The whole operation here has been deemed a, a major incident at long last, you know, the islanders have spent two days now without water. Uh, there have been bottle banks, but it's not been as organised as well as perhaps one could have hoped. A picture of water shooting up into the sky near the Sheppey Bridges sparked fears of yet another leak earlier today, but it turns out that was just from a split in the fire hose. As John mentioned, it was declared an emergency situation yesterday. Neil McLennan is from a local taxi company that's been delivering supplies to the most vulnerable. Yesterday we started with 19 bottles of, or 19 packs of, of six bottles of two litre water. Um, which we, we got out, um, then we planted, well, we'll go and see if we can get some more. Uh, the only other place that had any left was up in Laysdown, so Dan went all the way up to Laysdown, queued for 45 minutes to get there, uh, picked up another 15 packs and we, we got those out and about. We've had people that are, are cancer sufferers, diabetics, um, uh, the, the, the list of people, some real real tear jerkers listening to the phone calls. Um, just horrible that they're having to go through it and they can't get water. Well, residents were warned it would take some time for supplies to get completely back to normal, particularly as demand is extremely high at the moment because of the weather. Southern told customers they could expect low water pressure, discoloured or cloudy water, but that should clear over time. And stations providing bottled water would remain open throughout the day. Our reporter Jamie Long went along to one of them earlier. Well, today, Southern Water say people on the Isle of Sheppey should now be getting their supply back. They say it will happen gradually throughout the day, depending on where you live. I'm here at the bottled water collection point at Tesco in Sheerness. And today, the queues are nowhere near the lengths we saw yesterday or on Tuesday evening. Some people saying they were stood out in the 
the sun for more than an hour. And it's been difficult for residents here, of course, who haven't had tap water to drink or wash, and many hadn't even been able to flush the toilet for around 48 hours. Southern Water have again apologised for the inconvenience and upset caused to customers. Kent Online News. Other top stories for you today, and three men have appeared in court following an attack in Dover which left a man in hospital. The victim, who's in his 30s, suffered serious injuries after a fight broke out on Folkestone Road in the early hours of last Friday. The suspects have been charged with causing grievous bodily harm and are due at Crown Court next month. Two teenage boys have been arrested after a man in his 70s was robbed in Ashford. He had his phone stolen while walking along the high street earlier this month. A 16- and 17-year-old have been questioned and released on bail. A footballer has been prosecuted for a homophobic hate crime against a Sheppard United player. Ayakunle Odadoyan made an offensive comment to Jamal Howlett-Mundell, who came out as bisexual last year. The 32-year-old, who plays for Tower Hamlets, has been ordered to pay more than £1,000 and do 120 hours of unpaid work. Now, the MP for Tunbridge and Morling has been trying to gather more support from his colleagues today after making it into the final six of the Conservative leadership contest. Tom Tugendhat got 37 votes yesterday and is feeling confident, despite his relatively low profile. Colleagues who know me, who actually have worked with me in many different ways, have demonstrated their confidence and that's exactly why we've got the momentum. We've got the momentum because we're talking about a clean start. Many of us have really had enough of quite a lot of the actions of the last few months and years and we're all ready for a clean start in this government so that we can have a government that serves the people and a Conservative Party that serves its members. When I'm in number 10, as leader of this party, what we need to be doing is to bring the party together. Now already, I'm delighted to say that my campaign has brought together people from all wings of the party and actually all parts of the United Kingdom. So being that person who can unify the party is going to be absolutely essential to bring the party together and to winning the next general election. He's also got the backing of the leader of Kent County Council, Roger Goff. I know him well. Uh, He is, of course, a Kent MP. I've had good reason to work with him and know the seriousness with which he takes uh, public life. Uh, and I think uh, and, and his focus goes all the way from being uh, very dedicated as a constituency MP to somebody who thinks about the really big national and international issues. Uh, so I think he's a very he's a serious person for what I'm afraid are very much serious times. Are there any particular policies that you would support? Well, I think he's rightly given a focus on um, trying to boost the long term growth of the economy. And there's a big focus on creating the right framework for investment. Uh, looking particularly at our energy needs over time. Uh, That includes both um, renewable energy and nuclear. And of course, in Kent, again, we've had a big focus on what we believe would be a good outcome for that in terms of uh, Dungeness. Um, So I think there's been a big focus on that. And I think rightly recognising that we are in, at the moment, a very, very difficult situation in terms of both domestic and international uh, developments and the pressure, of course, that's putting on people in their day-to-day lives. So he's got proposals there both for some things that would ease the immediate pressure, but then also really looking to the long term. And I think above all about getting us back from the situation we've sadly been in um, of late, which is that all the attention and increasingly government's time has gone on a series of intense, very, very political dramas. Whereas I think what we need is a government that governs and sets the course for the country over the long haul. 
And I think that's what he could do. Well, Rishi Sunak got the most votes yesterday, while Jeremy Hunt and Nadim Zahawi were eliminated from the race. By the time you listen to today's podcast, the second vote would have taken place and chances are the result is in. Do head to Kent Online for the details on who made it through and who was eliminated. We'll have more reaction in tomorrow's episode. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with car dealerships in Canterbury and Maidstone. A lorry driver has been accused of drink driving by police in Dartford. He pulled up behind officers for a toilet break while they were dealing with an incident on the A2. A breath test showed he was three times over the legal alcohol limit. The lorry was recovered and he'll now have to appear in court. A report out today has revealed asylum seekers are arriving in Kent soaking wet and with petrol burns after crossing the channel in small boats. A watchdogs criticised the Home Office's haphazard arrangements, saying people are crammed into a facility in Dover, with some having to spend a night in a tent with no bedding. The government insists they're dealing with arrivals in a safe and legal way. Now, it's feared children's health could be at risk if they're out playing sport in the hot weather in Kent this weekend. A football club in Medway is so concerned they've decided to cancel a tournament they had planned after an amber warning for extreme heat was issued by the Met Office. Well, Ryan Crick is chair of Woodpecker Football Club in Stroud. We are a very large football club. We have about 250 members, um, most of which are very young children. Um, so we frequently monitor the uh, the weather, be it hot or cold. You know, we've made decisions in the winter when the weather gets very extremely cold. Um, and we just felt with the, the the advance notice that we had coming up for this weekend and the extreme warnings that were coming out um, from the Met Office that it was the right thing to do. Um, and it's not an easy decision for us because, um, you know, we had tournaments planned this weekend um, and there were lots of kids excited to come and um, play football. We had obviously our regular training sessions that were were lined up. So, um, yeah, we just felt it was in the best interest of, of our children and also the volunteers to not be exposed to that extreme weather um, during you know long periods of, of the day. So uh, we'd much rather that they were at home, relaxing, in and out of the paddling pool, consuming lots of ice cream and, and just chilling out, basically. So we had two tournaments, one on the Saturday and one on the Sunday. So it would have been hundreds of children over those those two days. They will miss out. You know, the club was also, there's some expense incurred that we've, we've had to, you know, take a hit on because we've, planned um those those events coming up but at the end of the day none of that supersedes sort of the children's you know welfare and um and their well-being so uh we will rearrange it they won't miss out um probably a few weeks whilst things cool down a bit and kids go on holiday and um but we'll definitely host it and, and they'll get their tournaments and uh, their medals and uh, trophies at some point I think we were, we were extremely worried, actually, because we hosted um, uh, two tournaments last weekend. So we, we have many age groups. So we, we host sort of t- tournaments on different weekends to sort of spread it out, um, boys and girls, that is, as well. Um, and so last weekend on Sunday, we we had an event um, and, and we felt after that event that it was um it was vet you know it was it was too testing on the children lots of volunteers um found it very draining by the end of the day as well so we had lots and lots of breaks um we provided um you know fluids and uh, tried to provide as much shade we, as we could um but obviously as you can imagine in an open field um and trying to play lots of matches is extremely difficult to, to manage that situation and that was probably one of the reasons, the main reasons that we knew what we was, you know, going to be exposing to next Saturday and Sunday. So it wasn't, um, 
yeah, it was too, too much of a risk. Well, temperatures are expected to be well above 30 degrees and health bosses are urging us to look out for those who are most vulnerable. That amber warning for extreme heat will run from Sunday through until the end of Tuesday. Kent Online reports. It's a year since a huge fire destroyed a popular club and restaurant in the centre of Maidstone. At its height, around 60 firefighters were needed to tackle the flames at Moo Moo on Week Street. It broke out just a week before lockdown rules in England were relaxed, allowing clubs to reopen. Where the venue has since been refurbished, but you can see pictures from the time of the blaze by heading to Kent Online. Businesses in Tenterden say they're being left out of pocket because of ongoing roadworks. Resurfacing is taking place and means drivers have to go on a diversion to access the normally busy car park behind Waitrose. But shop owners say the signs aren't clear enough and people are avoiding the town centre completely. We have asked the council for a comment. Elsewhere, work to replace the orbital park roundabout in Ashford with traffic lights is now going to last until October. Highways bosses have asked contractors to reopen one lane to help ease traffic over the summer holidays. It means the completion date for the project has been pushed back. But there is some good news if you're heading down to the coast this weekend. Plans to close part of the M2 for roadworks have been scrapped. The motorway was due to be shut between Faversham and Sittingbourne for bridge repair work, which might have affected your journey home. That work's now been pushed back until later this year. Now, on to one of our most read stories today. And two NHS workers are refusing to pay parking fines they were given while caring for a dying COVID patient in Canterbury. Reporter Lydia Chandler-Hicks joins me now. Lydia, firstly, can you tell us who's being chased for cash and when the fines were handed out? Well, these women are NHS healthcare assistants. Their names are Linda and Stacey, and they basically provide end-of-life care to very ill people within their own homes. And that's exactly what they were doing in spring last year. They were in Canterbury, each of them caring for a very ill man, a terminally ill patient who sadly contracted COVID and ended up dying actually very soon after this whole incident happened. At the end of March and beginning of April, they each parked outside his flat in a bay that was marked visitors parking. They each went into his home for about half an hour to care for him, make him comfortable before driving away only to find a week later that they had received a parking fine for having parked in in that bay. And what have the pair said to you? Well, I think they were really shocked by the incident. They did each try appealing the fine, but according to them, the parking fine company simply didn't want to know, even when they explained the situation, explained what they had been doing. In the more than a year that's passed since then, they've each received about four, seven letters from this company. And in that time, the, the cost of the fine has actually increased. But the women are determined that they were in the right. They parked in a bay that, that, that said visitors parking and, and they're determined that they, they won't be paying this. Now, both women clearly had notes in their cars explaining they worked for the NHS. But as you say, they still got a fine. What stage has it reached now? Well, the fines were initially for £60 each, but in recent months that has increased to £170 because they haven't paid the fine yet and they were both really shocked to receive last week a letter from a solicitor acting on behalf of this private car parking company saying that if they had to go to court they'd each have to pay £280. The women however are determined they're not going to pay it. Linda actually said to me you know they can lock me up I won't be paying it. Um, I think as far as they're concerned 
it, that they are just completely in the right here. And what response have you had from the parking company involved? The private company, UK Car Park Management Limited, has been approached for comment by us, but they unfortunately haven't haven't come back to us just yet. Lydia, thanks ever so much. You can also read this story and leave a comment at Kent Online. Kent Online reports. Parents in Kent whose children get free school meals are being reminded they can get vouchers to help during the summer holidays. The £50 per child can be used in supermarkets. Free holiday clubs serving food will also be running across the county with nearly 8,000 places available at more than 140 venues. Charities supporting families in Medway, meantime, can get a share of £50,000 to carry on with the work they do. It's being handed out by the Kent Community Foundation, which manages grants to organise organisations across the county. The cash could be used to help children who've been affected by the pandemic or support parents maybe coping with disabilities. A statue of Christopher Marlowe, planned for Canterbury, has been described as looking more like a scary marine creature from Pirates of the Caribbean. Critics of the design are calling for the sculpture of the 16th century dramatist to better resemble his likeness, rather than a piece made of recycled steel. But campaigners who want to install it next to St George's Clock Tower say it'll be a unique memorial that reflects his unconventional nature. Well, we'd love to know what you think today. You can head to Kent Online to see what the statue would look like. You can leave comments there or on our socials. And finally today, Open Air Shakespeare is coming to a new amphitheatre in Medway for the first time this summer. The Changeling Theatre Company will be performing Othello at Fort Amherst in Chatham next month. It'll also be be at Rochester Castle and is being billed as a play for fans of Netflix House of Cards with jealousy, betrayal, lies and manipulation. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site. To do it, just head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. And whilst you're on the site today, you can read our latest Eat My Words food review. Our reviewer has been along to a seafood stall by the main sands in Margate. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online podcast. This podcast is sponsored by the FG Barnes Group with showrooms in Canterbury and Maidstone, offering a range of new and approved used cars, including MG, Seat and Vauxhall.